0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Thrifters Villa, a podcast for resellers and entrepreneurs. I'm Daniela, and today is our season two anniversary episode. This is my roundtable that I started last year and doing again this year. This is literally my favorite episode to share with all of you. I love this episode. I love getting to know everyone. I love sitting down and having these conversations. And today I have some wonderful people with me. I have Camilla and Kang. I have Madison. I have Leanne. I have Francis and my honorary guest. You may know her as a reseller's passion. I know her as my good friend, Leslie Tucker. So hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for being here with me in this crazy time of year. (laughs) It is a crazy time. So thank you so much for being here with me. Um, I want to give this opportunity to all of you to introduce yourselves. So I'm just kind of going to go around on how, you, how I see you on my screen. I'm going to go counterclockwise. So Leslie, you're the first one that I see on my screen. Uh, introduce yourself to everyone who's listening, because I'm sure there's some people that are sitting down that don't know who you are.
1: That is definitely possible, but first, I want to say thank you to Daniela. Daniela and I are really great friends. Um, she reached out to me and just said hello one time, and from there we <laughs> and I've had the pleasure of meeting her in real life and spending some you know quality time with her. Um, and so, again, my name is Leslie Tucker, and on social media, I'm known as a Reseller's Passion. I have a podcast called A Reseller's Passion. Daniela has been on multiple times. I have a YouTube channel called A Reseller's Passion and Daniela (laughs) has been on multiple times and I'm very active on Instagram. So if you don't know me, definitely check out those sites. I'm very laid back. I am a reseller. That's why I'm a reseller's passion, but I also talk about all the things that bring me joy and passion. Um, I've written eBooks and I do counseling and all kinds of mentorship, but I just like showing up and having fun in this world. I just try to create a space that um, includes everyone, no matter who you are, diversity, the color of your skin doesn't matter. And as you can see, I'm a bald black lady. I just love to show up as myself and encourage the community. So I do teaching all around. Um, So if anybody ever has any questions, definitely reach out. I answer DMs and I am there. That's how I met Daniela, just by answering her.
0: Because I'm a creep, and I just sent Leslie a DM after I watched a live video of her. And I was like, Hey, you seem really cool. Let's be friends. Because that's how I approach people. I just have no shame. People think that, like, I'm the super outgoing person, and like, and I am to an extent. I'm actually extremely shy and reserved. And Leslie has seen all sides of me. Um, Everyone thinks because they see me on YouTube or on the podcast, they're like, She's just so bubbly and so fun and so outgoing. No, I'm actually super reserved and shy and quiet. Um, I just, I like talking to people.
1: (laughs) But real quick, like, so I've known Daniela Lully from the very beginning when everything from her was no. Yeah, I'm not, I don't care at all Instagram. I'm not doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah, Yeah. I'm not starting a podcast. I don't care about that. I'm not doing a YouTube channel. I don't care about that. Now look what she's doing now. So just be careful sometimes. But she is, people don't think I'm quiet. I am pretty introverted. Yeah. And sometimes when you find like-minded or you know, a kinship with people, um, it brings it out of you. And then as you meet people, you start to teach and you start to grow and you start mm-hmm. to learn. As long as you're teachable, um, it is so great to show up. And that's what I love about this podcast. Um, that Daniela I remember when she and Lori came to me and Mm -hmm. said, guess what? We're starting a podcast. We were actually together in real life. And so to see it in fruition, I I just, it's just a beautiful thing. So I'm super proud. I'm happy to be here. I can't wait to hear everyone's um, story today.
0: Yeah. And just so everyone knows that's listening, all of the information where you can find all these lovely people that aren't here with me today will be in the show notes. So Poshmark Closets, eBay Closets, YouTubes, Instagrams, all that fun stuff. Make sure you follow them, subscribe to their channels, shop their closets, all that fun stuff. Let's support each other. That's what this is all about. That's what Thriftersville is all about is just supporting one another and networking. And we're going to move on to Leanne, my lovely Patreon member. <laughs> oh, hold up. You're on mute, my friend. <laughs> <Sorry>. It's okay. <laughs> um,
2: I am Leanne. I'm in Pittsburgh, PA, and I have been doing this for like just about two years now. So I started at the very beginning of 2020 Um which I guess is like a crazy time to start anything, considering everything that has been going on. Um, but I don't know any different. So, um, I started doing this because well, so I'm at home with my kids. Um, my background is in PR and education, and I subbed for years trying to find a full time job um, until I had my first baby, and that at that point it just financially didn't make sense to sub because I would be just paying for childcare. So um I was also working for Stitch Fix at that time. I was a stylist for Stitch Fix. Um, I didn't so know just, that about you. Yeah. I didn't know that well, That's I'm awesome. Not, thanks. I'm not now. Um because um around the time my second child turned like six months ish, whenever they start moving more and stop sleeping all the time, my stats Started going downhill, and I just like couldn't, I couldn't keep up with it. And there are people who have full time jobs, do that part time, and have children and families, and I have no idea how they do it. But I just, it wasn't working for me. And they really did try to like help me and make it work, but it just didn't. So um, a couple months after that, I started working with a friend um, in the city who's a personal stylist. So her she resells her clients clothes like on Poshmark, but she ran out of room in her home. So she opened a storefront. So I worked like a little bit with her on weekends. And so that's sort of how I learned how to Poshmark because before that I had been on a couple of times, but I just found it to be so confusing. Like, like I just couldn't figure it out. So working there really helped. And it kind of gave me the confidence to try to start doing this on my own. And so that's, that's, what started it and here we are two years later
0: I love that I didn't know that about you I love yeah. learning new things about people that I actually like you know we chat all the time on on the patreon and discord and all that stuff but I love knowing those little details about people so yeah. thanks for sharing that uh Frances, you are next my friend
3: hi everyone first of all thank you for having me of I'm a big fan of the of the podcast um mm-hmm. I so I started reselling, I would say, like, it's been like five years. Um, I started when I was like 14 years old. <laughs> so I'm only 19. Um,
0: oh, a little baby and, of the group. I love it.
3: Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, well, I, so I started in high school. as like, just like a hobby. Cause a lot of my friends were getting jobs at like grocery stores or something. And I, I'm also an introvert, so I don't want to, you know, I don't like to, socialize in person very often so um somehow i don't even know how i stumbled upon like reselling and stuff but um yeah i started on poshmark and um i've ventured out into mercari and ebay and the real real just kind of stuff like that i haven't done thread up so yeah i've been doing it for a while um my handle on instagram is seattle underscore to you because um I'm from Seattle, and um, I recently moved to Arlington, which is also, in, it's like an hour north of Seattle, but I still source in Seattle, so I kept my username, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, and I'm still doing it today. I'm more nice.
0: full-time now. Yeah. Nice. I definitely want to ask you more questions once we finish introductions, because you're to get started so young into it and build it from such a young age is, is something that I wish that I had understood at that time. And I get that times are different now. Like when I was 14, 15 was obviously a different time, (laughs) Um, but I I just want to pick your brain (laughs) and I'm sure other people here want to pick your brain too about it. Madison. Your turn, my friend.
4: Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to be on the podcast. Um, I'm Madison, and I'm from Providence, or I live in Providence, Rhode Island. Um, I am a part-time reseller, and I'm currently a um, full-time intern working towards finishing my um, dietetic internship to be a registered dietitian, so I'm doing this on the side. I started in October of 2019. I'm not really sure how, what made me start. I think I was on the app before then, but I honestly don't know how I jumped into it. But it's so funny um, that Leslie's here because um, I was recapping how I came to listen to this podcast. And it's so funny because when I started on Poshmark, I wasn't listening to any podcast. I wasn't aware of the community at all. Um, but I had taken out like a DIY magazine from the library and it actually had Leslie's podcast in it on one of the pages. It was like a, a promo or something for it. And so I thought it was so intriguing, I immediately became immersed in that, and that was around the time of 2020, Um, and I was working in the hospital, so during my shift, I was just listening to tons and tons of the episodes, just binge listening, then I started listening to Danielle's podcast from that too, so ever since then, I've been, you know, getting to know everyone in the community and learning so much more, um, because everyone's such a wealth of knowledge, so yeah, um, but I started pretty similar to Daniela, how um, she has mentioned before that she um, liked re- or you know reselling selling things occasionally in high school and stuff like that when she was younger. I definitely was somebody who liked selling things in consignment stores, um, but I wasn't fully aware of reselling in um, like on Podmarker apps until you know a few years ago. Um, I worked at Savers, and there were a lot of people that would come in and be like eBay sellers, and they'd be like, "Oh, that's the." textbook guy, that's the lady that gets all the Bowden's kids' clothes and sells them on eBay. I was aware, but it wasn't something that I ever, it even like struck my attention as something I'd want to do. So I find it funny that now I'm like, now I don't work at Savers, which I started that one I did work at Savers. Um and now I'm reselling part-time, but it's really great. And I love that it's a second, um, it's something that's related to fashion, which I love. Mm-hmm. And also it's, you know, extra income. So
0: I um, love I that love you the found community. Leslie
4: in a magazine. That is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, that's why I think it's so funny you're here today because I was thinking like, oh, if they asked me, you know, about myself, I was like, how did I even start listening to the podcast? And then I was like, it is so weird
0: that it was from, yeah, a magazine.
1: That's good stuff. I was gonna ask, have you and Daniela met in real life? Not yet, no. we're gonna make
0: it happen. We're gonna make it happen. Um, I, when Jen, Jen's gonna be here. So we're all gonna try to get together. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah to make my way down there because I have not been to a savers we don't have that mm-hmm. from so <laughs> yes but I'm hitting back up that area pretty soon
0: nice yay Leslie oh, Madison I love that I love that you found Leslie in the magazine
4: <laughs> it make, also makes me feel kind of old I'm like oh I got a mat I took a magazine library. From the <laughs> library and I- <laughs> on DIY stuff my husband probably
0: like that
1: so sure you too. yep
0: the math I checks
4: sure out too
1: still read regular books and get magazines. I love the library.
0: Me too, but it just show our age a little Madison.
1: <laughs> uh, Come on now, can't beat me on that. I'm all
0: All right, all right, all right. Yes. Leslie's
1: the so mom nice. of the group.
0: <laughs> all right, and now we have Kang and Camilla, who I love, and I'm so excited they're here right now. So for those who don't know, go ahead and introduce yourself.
5: Okay, great. So I am Camilla, and this is Kang. And we are the FI resellers. So the FI resellers on, you know, Instagram, on YouTube. Um, I think that's a good word, (laughs) like we're actually, you know, active on, I think we have other, you know, things saved.
6: We have TikTok, but we don't use it. (laughs) (laughs)
5: Um, And we have been, so I started reselling first and I started on Instagram, actually created an Instagram page to sell vintage items, um, mostly, you know, just kind of curated collections type. And then when those things weren't selling all the way through, I didn't sell, you know, all 10 pieces that I would, you know, put up there. I thought, okay, I need to find some other way to sell this. And that was when I started to discover, you know, reselling and listing things on Poshmark. So I started on Poshmark and um, started listing things there. And then I had a sale there and I was like, Addicting. So started listing more and more and then eventually moved into eBay and adding more platforms from there. And then um that was maybe about six months into it, Kang started helping and coming, you know, started seeing that I was making money and was like, oh, I want to make some money too. So <laughs> came and, you know, then we kind of made this a joint venture and started doing it together. And that's really where we, you know, created our Instagram and our YouTube and really kind of built this business together. And we kind of separate the reselling tasks. So I do some things and he does other things. And so it's been really fun to, you know, work on this and do this together and just really kind of grow. We are part-time. We both have full-time jobs, you know, in the corporate world, but um, it's fun to do this part-time right now. So, just kind of something fun for us to do on the nights and weekends. So yeah. Yeah.
6: And we've really enjoyed, you know, this whole business aspect thing together. Mm -hmm. She, she is the boss and I will say it on any platform that, that asks and, you know, it's been so fun working with her and um, we're really looking forward to having this chat because we're fans and, you know, sometimes we're listening to it together, but on separate things. Cause like mm-hmm. she said, we're, we're doing our separate reselling mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. I'm taking pictures. She's listening. And, mm-hmm. you know, we sometimes find ourselves listening to the same episode, you know, <laughs> when, when it comes out rooms. yeah, in yeah. separate <laughs> rooms or something. So we're excited to be here.
0: Yeah. I'm excited to have you guys here. And I want to congratulate you for all your accomplishments on YouTube that you've had this year. I know you guys worked really Thank hard. You to hit those goals. And Mm -hmm. we can talk about that too. But I love that we have like a power couple that's here. We've got a mommy who's doing stuff too. You know, we've got the part-time resellers. We got a youngin that's in the group who has done this since she was 14. Like there's just so much variety in here. and, And I love that. I'm sure Leslie has like a, ton of questions that she wants to ask each person. I could see her jotting things down as you guys were talking. So, Leslie, do you want to start? Did you have something that you wanted to ask someone before I I ask
1: a question? No, not specifically. I mean, it's really cool because I really don't know anyone, and I really would like to know a little bit more about everyone. First, I want to say to Frances, it's really empowering um, that someone age, um, my all my girls started young as well because they started helping me. That was how they actually made money. They had to share for me on Poshmark and stuff like that, and trading and clothes. So I have three daughters who sell on Poshmark. Um, my youngest is 19, who happens to be home from college right now, and she sells. She actually bought stuff home with her. So I think that's incredible um, that you. the younger people are doing it. I, I love it. That's what I learn from. People say they learn from me. I learn it from the younger generation because. Um, it's the energy, but it's also the connection that you have to like social media that I'm just faking it as I make it, you know, and that's really what it is. I, I haven't accomplished the things that I would like to. So I'm just really, I'm impressed by that. And Kane, Camilla, I don't know who you are, but hello. Um, so now, and I'm writing down because that's why I was when Camilla was like, okay, so you're with a fire reseller's cool. I'm on that. I just love that. So now I'm going to be like, you know, delving in trying to see what you're doing on YouTube and all of that. I love um you know you might hear from me um <laughs> stay tuned guys yeah. leslie's gonna end up creeping up in your dms so yeah we're open to um, it yeah. let's do
6: it yeah
1: i am um, because he's been reselling for over 20 years he's 64 and that's how i got started so he's been doing this thing everything that i ever learned and he's learning all the social and all the other stuff from me and i just you know um, madison and we Leanne just hello I can't wait to you know hear what um Daniela and maybe I'll just like pop it pipe in and if you have any questions for me you know just feel free to ask I'm excited.
0: I want to ask Francis a question as you were talking so when you started reselling when you were 14 like what prompted that for you at such a young age like I'm going to take this piece of clothing and I'm going to list it and where did you list it like what was what was your process I guess and like how has that evolved over time for you?
3: Um so I've always loved, like, thrifting. I used to go to consignment stores with my mom when I was little. Um, in my old house, there was a Goodwill, like, literally a block away. So we'd go there all the time. Um, and I remember I there was, like, a, a dollar day. And I went with my mom, and we were just looking for clothes for me and stuff. And I saw, like, a leather, like, a large leather Kate Spade bag, and it was a dollar. Um, and then there was also a pair of Lululemons. And I was, like, I don't want to keep either of them, but I was, like, thinking – like these are worth something. And I guess that's like when it clicked in my head. Like, I guess that's when I started. Um, and my mom was like, you could list this on eBay. And I was like, oh, that seems so scary. So I don't, I was like, oh, I don't know. So I remember I bought them, went home and I looked up like where to sell your clothes. And I Poshmark was like the first thing that popped up. So I made an account and here I am. <laughs> guess
0: so you possible. were one of the early adopters of Poshmark then?
3: Yeah I guess I guess so yeah I, I think it was like trending because it, it was like all over Google when I looked up like where to sell your clothes. I was like the only thing I could see. <laughs>
0: Just like that thought process, like I'm sure everyone else is listening to like to have that entrepreneurial mindset at such a young age is like, you've got something there. Like there's something there, you know, you're still young and you might tap into it later on, but like, that's Because I can just speak from experience. I've always been that kind of way too, which is why I always sold things, obviously in a different format. Poshmark wasn't around then. eBay was just kind of starting. Amazon was just starting. So my go-to place was Craigslist. That's where I used to sell things all the time. Um, Or Amazon for like my textbooks. So I knew that I could make money on this stuff. And maybe it's because I worked in retail. Maybe it's it's because the background that I have and my dad having his own business and everything, but I always knew there was another way to make money or like, I need something in my life. And the only way for me to do it is to create extra income for myself. So that's, that's, it's really unique that you thought of that at such a young age and whether you decide to build upon it and make this your full-time venture, or you use it and continue to use as a part-time way to make funds you know whatever you decide to do you started early like you're ahead of most of us
3: yeah and also um none of like none of any kind of other job really sparked any joy for me so I was like if I can just like make this into something and like grow it as I get older like hopefully either it's like a good part-time job like you said or maybe make it into something full-time eventually
0: yeah, and there's so many different ways you can go with it too. And kind of touch on like what like Willian was saying is like people being stylists for other people and then selling those clothes or however they decide, selling like styled boxes. There's so many people that do that too. Like there's so many different routes you can go about it. It doesn't necessarily have to be go to a thrift store, buy things, and then just put them up one by one online. You know, there's so many different ways. And you are young and you'll figure it out as time goes on. But I just I I there's something there in that's brewing. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I wanted to um, like expand on that. I really think it's a, excuse me, I think it's a great opportunity. I don't know how active you are on social media or whatever, and I would love to know if you are on Instagram, what your handle is. But what it does is it opens up the eyes of other people. Um, we are in tough times, and I, and I did mention my age, so I've seen a lot of different things financially, and for people who say that they cannot make money, you don't have to do this full-time, you know, just like you have Kang and Camilla, they work in the corporate, you know, Madison's going to school, you know, Daniella works, um, you don't have to um, do this as a full-time venture, but what, what, what is amazing about taking some things that you have at home, selling them or even going to the thrift store and making some money if you have a financial goal and so from your age I think it's a great thing because that's what my daughter is doing and not to take up the whole conversation as I said she started selling and like Daniela pointed out that my children I didn't give them things they had to figure out how to do this thing you know um, I was a single mom and I raised five children so I you know then married a man with five of ten children if y'all don't know that but They had to figure out how they were going to do it. And so my daughter now, when she left for school, we had just moved into a new house so everything wasn't unpacked. I would go through, take photos of everything for her and sell them and then give her the money. Now that she's home, she'll be home for three weeks. I'm like, you have to take all your photos now. At Evernorth Health
4: Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder.
1: I'll list it for you or you can put it on your account. And I'll send me the label and Bam that's how you make money. Like I want her to be out of debt as much as she can. And again, not to take over, but this is such a way that you can speak to younger people because yes, there's nothing wrong, of course, with getting an education, but fast food is not working out. It's a lot of jobs that aren't working out. Take some, you know, if you only need a quick $200 for a month, you can make $200 in a month. So yes, Francis.
0: Yeah. Can I
2: just pipe in quick and I'll say how impressed I am that you're doing this at 19. Um, Just, I think like when I was in high school and it was like, what's your next step? It was like, well, college is, but what am I going to do? I don't know. So I went to like a private college, costs lots of money, still paying for it, not using that degree. Um, And I didn't even know what I wanted to do. I was undecided until you have to make a decision. And I did PR because it's pretty like generic Um, And then like a year after I graduated that I went back to school for education because I thought, you know, like this PR thing's just not like, it's not me, it's not working out. And so um, I did actually love teaching. Like I felt like this is like, this is what makes me feel like I'm contributing to society and I'm like making a difference. Mm -hmm. Um, But I subbed for so long And it was really, really tough and thinking like I could have like, had I not specifically doing this, but had I at 18, not just thought that college is, you know, what comes next, like, you know, there's who knows where you'd be today. And I think that like Leslie was saying, I think it's great that you're doing this. And I think that you have such a voice um, for young people just so that it's not, and I think times have sort of changed since then. I think people like realize that now more and, um, are taking at least some time off or like just doing classes at a community college until they figure out what they want to do. But, um, yeah, just props to you for not just doing what, you know, you're, "Quote unquote," supposed to do next.
0: Traditional thing, right? Like I'm in the same yeah. boat as Leanne. I, you know, did I know what I wanted to definitely do when I went to college? No, but I knew I how to go to college. Like that was ingrained in our brain, right? That was just, that's a generational thing. You go to college yeah. and then you get a good job. Like that, that's, You get married, you have kids, you know, like all like that's the trajectory, right? That you see yourself on. And now it's just so different. And there's so many opportunities. And if I like, if I were to go back in time, I don't, I don't know what direction I would, I would have gone in, you know, what I've maybe gone the business route. Maybe, I don't know. Business has always been something that has intrigued me. Um, do I love that I got my teaching degree and that I taught the visually impaired and I learned braille and I did all these amazing things with these one, wonderful population. Yes, I would never take any of that those experiences away. I loved everything that I did. I miss those kids on a daily basis. Like I still keep in touch with the families. I loved that. But that style of work and being in that setting is not for me. Now I'm in state government. It's very different. You know, I don't really talk too much about what I do because it's state government. And, um, I do enjoy the stuff that I do there. However, I don't know if that's my forever plan. And I don't think I'll ever have a forever, like this is the one place I'm going to stay in. Cause that's just not how I work. And I think to know that at such, at such a young age, like I'm not someone that likes to work at a retail store. I'm not someone that likes to do this. I like to be alone. And I want to find something that I can be good at and do it on my own pace and own terms. And to know that at 19, like I can't even, I can't just stop saying wonderful things about you, Francis. That's about it. That's what it comes down well,
3: to. thank you so much, you guys. Um, I, yeah. And also I think it helps like finding a hobby, you know, that like personally, I, I've always been this way. Like I find something and I kind of go alone and just like do, work on it or something. And I like the fact that this can also be my job. I think it's great and um yeah and I also just want to say like definitely generationally it's different I I've had a phone since like fifth grade because it's not like yeah so I mean I, I've always been open to like YouTube and I think the first reseller I ever watched was Lori so <laughs> I was that was like how I kind of learned all of the different things at such a young age because I had access to it
0: oh yeah. listen to that phone of fifth grade um Wasn't a thing (laughs) phone when I graduated high school because I was driving a car, (laughs) but it's true. It's generational. It's just, that's just the way that it is Um, to kind of circle back to what Leanne was saying when she was talking about her story, you kind of started at the height of 2020 and like everything that was happening. So you don't really know what reselling was like prior to the pandemic you're just kind of experiencing pandemic and kind of post-pandemic, but not really, right? Like you're kind of like in this gray yeah. area because you don't really know anything else. Right. And I think this might right. be a good time to kind of segue into my first question that I have for everyone. And Camilla and Kang, if you want to start, you can um, you guys, cause you guys have been selling since before 2020. So you have some experience prior when you compare the two years and looking forward to 2022, like what are the things that you guys learned in prior to you know in 2019 in 2020 in 2021 like what has changed what are things you're going to bring that you're going to be bringing into 2022 well like what are your thought processes and all that because I I feel like I'm still kind of lost like I thought I knew where things were going when 2021 started and now I feel like I'm at a standstill again because the world is still changing around me and things are still happening and prices are really high everywhere like there's so many factors now that were so different back in 2019 and i'm sure all of you that have been reselling since 2019 can share as well so like how have you guys been
5: managing all of that yeah i think you know like going from 2019 to 2020 it was there was definitely a shift of okay now everything is totally different all of the needs you know all of the things that i Was sourcing for or all that has shifted. But also because we started in 2019, we still were new at reselling. And I mean, we still feel like we are new at reselling and we still feel like we're learning, you know, with each, you know, month. We're like, okay, I feel like those were bad buys last month and (laughs) and all of that, you know? And so I feel like moving from 2020 into 2021 and now where we are. I feel like recently there's been a shift and I don't know if it's just a shift in our own business and the way that we've been doing it, because we started using a cross-listing service and cross-listing to, um, now we're on four platforms instead of, we were just on eBay and Poshmark earlier. And I feel like now we are in kind of a, a spot in our business where sales are really slow. We feel like there's a lot of competition and, Just looking at that and saying, okay, what worked for us in the past doesn't work for us in the present. So we have to figure out what our new strategies are. And for us, that really means like, okay, just because something sells for the price that we want it to sell for doesn't mean necessarily that we want to pick it up if it doesn't sell through, like if it, if it's not in high demand, um, currently, high demand and so that's been really hard to kind of shift ourselves because we're like, oh well, we could get this much for it but it's like, yeah, one in a hundred get that much and the other hundred are still for sale, you know so really kind of shifting okay, what are we we're not just trying to get things that are worth a lot but that are actually going to you know move quickly. And so kind of shifting our priority from high price items to you know quick sellers. Mm -hmm. um so that's kind of where we are with all of
6: it yeah I I think that when it comes to learning and continuous learning that's why we continue to listen to thrift villa and all these other podcasts that talk about current fashions and things like that we're Mm -hmm. constantly learning we want to know what is selling through at the current Mm -hmm. time so that we can be on the up and up and Mm so it's it's important to us to continue to learn and the thing that we've noticed um recently is that when we, when we try something, we will also learn what we don't like to do. And, and that's important, too. It kind of goes back to what mm-hmm. Francis was saying earlier about, you know, and, and the conversation related to that is knowing what you don't want to do and mm-hmm. you don't want to sell and you don't want to, because mm-hmm. you have to test that out. And right. for us, our business model is to um, buy low and, you know, our cost of goods as low as possible so that we are able to take that risk. And so that, mm-hmm. that's part of our business model in terms of low risk, um relatively high reward and and we like to sell through a lot of items.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: I think you guys touched upon something that's super important and it's sell through rate because you mm-hmm. can grab a certain brand or a certain item that you see all over social media that people are picking up. But if that sell sell through rate does not work for your business and your business model, then you should not incorporate that within your business. Mm-hmm. Blank mm-hmm. There's no way around it. What works for me does not work for Leslie does not work for Madison does not work for you guys doesn't work for you know like it just we're all so different. Like we learn from each other. I learn from everyone all the time. I learn new brands. I learn what's selling really great for people, and I might take that in and kind of like store it away. And then when I see it, if I see it the right price point and I feel like I can try it out, then I do it. But if I feel like it's not something that I can incorporate my business into my business, then I don't. I don't do it because it won't work for me and what my goals are. I think a lot of it goes into like financials, right? Like there's always that you just said, you want to make sure you're buying in really low and that you're having a a fairly good return on it, which was my mentality at one point But where I am right now, I tend to spend a little bit more and still within reason. I'm not one of those people that goes out and spends $200 on an item to then flip it for five. Like that's, I don't think I'll ever be that person. Um, But for me to increase from my average cost of goods, which was $5, then $8, now it's crept up to that 12 or 14, like I'm comfortable there, but I also know what specifically works for me, my customers, my business, that takes a lot of like deep diving into analytics and all that kind of stuff. So I'm glad that you brought that up because to me, that's the most important piece of the puzzle when it comes to the business.
6: Um, Notice that um, as far as a a starter goes, you know, you start with the low cost of goods. And as you become more confident in the um, risk factor of a business, Mm -hmm. you you are able to increase the cost of goods and get better items. And, Mm -hmm. you know, hopefully the average sale price then goes up. But um, what stays constant, or what should stay constant, is the sell through rate. That, like, like Danielle, like you just said, that is probably the most important thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. It is, and I don't think enough people look at your their sell through rate. Leslie wants to say something. Go ahead, Leslie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm over here scribbling notes. But one thing that, um, well, it's more than one thing for um Kay and Camilla. What I love the fact is that you have a business mentality. See, I'm all about business. I've been doing business, taking hobbies and turning them into business for, you know, over 30 years, and I love the fact that you recognize, even though you do work outside of the home, that you do have a business, that's the first thing, and then Camilla also talked about shifting, you know, um, and she said working new strategies, that's really important, because people stay stuck, and I love the fact that you talked about that, and then um Kang, he said um, low risk, high reward, um, I love all of that, that you're doing. Um, gosh, guys, I'm going to be nosy in your business um, from now on. <laughs> no, but like, um, but, but that's really the key. It's having a business mindset. Not everyone's there. So it's not to take away from anyone. We just, you just happen to be talking right now. And I'm all about that. Like everything that I do, I'm really strategic. And I wasn't that way in the beginning. And so what, when people listen to this episode, that's what they're going to get. They're going to go, oh, okay, I have a business. You know, and I'm like, if the IRS is looking at you, you have a business anyway, it's not a hobby. You can call it a hobby, but as long as you pay your taxes. <laughs> so, but, so I just love that everything that you said, just really just like resonated with me. I
0: want to go to Leanne on this. And so when you started reselling, were you selling items in your closet? Like what was, what was the process, I guess, for you? And I know it was the pandemic. So obviously you are kind of like, well, what even sells right now? I have no idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I started with
2: my own stuff and my mom gave me a bunch of clothes. Um, the first thing I ever sold was a pair of my husband's old snowboard pants. So like, that was not exciting for me. It was something I put on there so I could build my closet. Um, but you know, it was exciting to have my first sale, but that was not what I was hoping it would be. Um, but yeah, so I started just with things I had, but I also, I think because I worked at the store, um, I was used to going through bags of clients' clothes and like looking it up and pricing it. So it's sort of like everything I'm doing now, I, I did there. And so, um, I kind of figured like, I'm going to need to source at some point. So I did. And in the very beginning, you know, we didn't, COVID hadn't happened for the first three months or so. so. Um, you know, I just, I, I kind of did source right away and I know everyone says to, you know, wait until you make however much from your own stuff, but I did not do that.
0: There's no um, right or
2: wrong way. That's fine. You can do it that way. Yeah. Um, so I've always, yeah, I've, and, yeah, I don't even remember your original question. Just, to <laughs>
0: just how things have changed from you from 2020, 2021. And like, okay. what things are you learning to bring into 2022? Um, I think in
2: yeah in the beginning I kind of just I kind of picked up the same things that I saw were selling at the store that I worked at um but so she also had a storefront so it was like things could be priced what 20% less than they would be on Poshmark and you would still bring in the same amount of money so it was different for me thinking like, I don't have a storefront where people can come buy this. So I need to be able to price it higher to make it worth, you know, my time. And there have been times where I've gone back and forth trying to think like, I'm not going to pick something up unless I can make however much on it. But then sometimes there's things, and I, here's another thing I do that I know, like any professional reseller will tell me, like, take your feelings out of it but i just have so many feelings and i can't like i just can't take them out so i'll see something that i like love and i i know it will sell and i end up paying more for it probably than i should have and i know i'm not going to get a ton for it but it's just like so my vibe and i want it in my closet and like i want to take pictures of it and i want to research it more um and i don't mind sitting on things for a while so I guess it works, like it, it works for me. Um, but like how you were talking about goals, like I think I need to reel it in a little bit, um, not totally get rid of the feelings because I know I can't and it's just part of who I am. Keep and the how. feelings,
0: like yeah. seriously, keep them, don't get rid yeah. of them.
2: Well, I think like, you know, I've, I've heard Isa on many podcasts and I know that, you know, she's very like, this is a business and I know it is. Um, but I think that would just, yeah, it would be too hard for me to, to let that go. Cause I think that's part of what makes mine, like, it makes, it makes me happy. Like, I wouldn't enjoy this as much if I wasn't picking up things that I loved. So, um, yeah, but I think in the future, I need to look more like at my data because I, like you were saying, like people don't analyze their numbers and I, like I, I should. Um, I know what I make each month, but I think that, you know, Poshmark added that Mm -hmm. seller tool and that's been really nice to see. Um, so I'm interested to dive into that more on my own with, with the
0: info that it doesn't give us. So I think the first thing, Leanne, is that you need to keep doing what you're doing that make what it is that makes you happy. Yeah. Point blank. Like, so if it makes you happy to pick up pieces that speak to you, even if it's not, going to bring you a high return, then that's a part of your business that needs to stay. You don't yeah. get rid of that no matter what. I don't care who says what, where I love Issa. Issa is one of my good friends, but she is very strict by the book. And that's, that's, that's the business that she runs because she's a luxury seller. So right. like, you kind of right. have to remember, like her margins are very small. So maybe you incorporate going to different types of thrift stores that allow you to be a little more creative, like going to the bins or going to places where you're only spending a dollar on an item. And you have that flexibility to be like, okay, I can get 10 pieces today that make me really happy. And then the rest of my money, I'm going to allocate to things that make me the amount of money that I want to make. You know what I mean? Like look at it a little differently and, and don't dive super deep into numbers either. You're so new at it. Like yeah. look at the things that work for you. What are the categories that are selling for you and and just kind of go And what categories do you like to sell? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the main thing that I've,
2: that I've done is just kind of what makes me happy and what makes me enjoy what I'm doing. And I'm, and it's working for now, you know, long-term though, I'd like to be making more. And I do think like, I've picked up some like designer things that have sold for more and it's like the best feeling, you know, when you end up making like that higher, um, profit, yeah. like yeah. item. Um, and so I'm, yeah, I think, I think it's all just sort of a mix. Like there's a mix of high items in my closet and then some like ugly,
0: like I just, Here, I'm going to show you. You can show us. Yes. Show us. We'd love to
5: see. Yeah.
1: Like so I was is I looking. Was, oh, go ahead, Lian. I was
2: at the bins yesterday and I like kept passing this and no one was picking it up. And I was like, man, like that's cool. Can it says see- hot dog on it. I love that. <laughs> see, Kang likes so it. Give you a thumbs up. <laughs> it's a beanie hat that says hot dog. And I looked inside and the tag is vintage. So all right I mean, then. I need to look it up. But
0: like, yeah. So and it was have cheap, an so eye like, for things you know. you're an artist you have an eye for things yeah yeah
1: someone I will buy that say, definitely mm-hmm. yeah i was gonna say um yeah, definitely keep you know having fun everything that i do in my business like uh, if someone analyzed me from the perspective of a i'm a full-time entrepreneur i don't consider myself a full-time reseller there's this back and forth I'm an entrepreneur, and that is my career. Like I don't work outside of the home, so somebody would categorize me. But I don't. I'm in, I have thirteen to twenty forms streams of income that I create. So what the reason that I have thirteen to twenty is because I have fun every day in my business. And when I say fun every day, not you know, I may get sick or I may have a bad day. What happens is the thing that brings me stress, I move away from it. Um, is my, can you guys hear me? Says so my, my yeah. um, so I, I move away from that and I
0: nope, just lost her. <laughs> Maybe she'll come back.
1: Loving what you do there we go. because then that's when it's become a chore. So that's why I'm a reseller's passion because I'm passionate about everything that I do. I keep that passion moving. I keep it going and have fun. Yes, I fail. I do things that I fail, but then tomorrow, something else and I'll go, bam, I found that item, but it's really not about that. And this is my livelihood. I don't, my business, I am married, but I build my business as if my husband doesn't exist because I never know tomorrow if the, if the pandemic has taught us nothing. Some people, and it's nothing against anyone. Yeah. I, I do this because of my husband. I treat my business as if he does not exist as a partner in my life, even though he is so that if something were to happen to him, I could sustain myself. You know, and I've done that ever since because I was single, I was divorced, I had five children, but I've always found a way to have fun. So I encourage you to not stop having fun. Go to the bins, find some great stuff like Daniela said, look at it. Even if you don't know if it's going to sell, Daniela knows that she found that vintage dress, send it to the real real she kind of had an idea but the idea was wow if you know that story and that's what happens to me and I've been a bin shopper from the beginning we didn't call it the bins before I started reselling I was going to the bins that was just part of our everyday our kids shop there and everything so I know how to shop there but just have fun like to this week I put this big old like um, if you go to my page I put this big old gown this pretty pink gown that I just thought stole- with Wonderful. And then I was able to model it. And when I list it, you never know. I sold one a week ago for $120. Mm-hmm. So you never know what you're going to find. But have yeah. fun. Don't stop having fun. And don't ever, 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 ever compare your business to someone else. I never do that. I don't care what they're doing because my why is totally different than theirs. You have children, you're home, you don't work full-time. You know, even if you did, whatever, your why is totally different. You are Lee So don't stop having fun and get advice from people. Listen to the podcast, but don't stop having fun because when you do, it's not going to be, it's not going to work for you. You want to have your business. Yeah. You already got to go to work for the man. The man is where you got to go. Okay. I got to be there eight to you know, nine to five, but for yourself, create joy in everything that you do. Sorry.
0: No, my gosh. Don't be sorry. That was I know. Wonder. Yes, it's true though. What Leslie said is absolutely true. And Madison, I'm sure you can relate to a lot of things that Leslie said as well. Because, because Madison works full time. She's going to school. She's doing this reseller thing. And Madison, did you start reselling in 2019? Yes. Okay. I thought so. I thought yes. so. So you've seen the evolution of the last three years. And then Leslie and I would kind of give our take on it too. Um, so what could you like, what do you want to add to everything everyone is saying here? What were your experiences and where you see yourself going?
4: I don't really have, I mean, I started in October of 2019, so I don't have anything to super compare it to Mm -hmm. because I feel like that was so recent to then, you know, 2020. Um, and really my only thing I really, the only thing I can compare it to is the style in which I am going about reselling. Um, just because as I listened to Leslie's podcast, your podcast, and all these other podcasts I binged, I just learned so much information and I was trying my best to take it seriously, obviously still have fun. But, um, once you start realizing you can make money doing it, it's kind of like, oh, this is like a cool hobby that, you know, if I'm smart about it, I can make it a fun hobby that I'm also making money from if I'm you know, smart. So I feel like as 2020 progressed, it was more of, I just evolved with my knowledge and applying it. So like, I was really eager in, um, December, I was thinking about what I was going to do in January of 2020. And I remember like listening to one of Leslie's podcasts and I thought it was, I think I'm pretty sure she said this. It was something about like making a separate checking account just for ease of everything. And that was mind blowing. I was like, Oh, that's so easy. I will totally do that. And I remember, um, I was like, I'm going to wait until January. So everything is fresh so I can keep like all my data for the year and then compare it to January and I'll have like a full year. Like in January, I'm going to start doing all of these things. And I actually did, you know, do a lot of those things and um, get organized and try to um, source smarter or source less. And I definitely think that as time passed, all that knowledge um, definitely made me better at reselling. Um, But I really can't compare you know, what people were buying in 2019. I don't, I probably sold something really stupid as my first sale. Like I don't, I don't remember.
0: No, I doubt (laughs) that. I doubt that. But okay. So going into 2022, what are you thinking for yourself?
4: I definitely think I need to organize. It's been something that I have desperately wanted to do. I just haven't had time prior to starting my internship. I was applying for the internship and planning my wedding. So basically (laughs) since, since October 2019, I've just been like going full speed ahead. Um, I am off next week. I get like a a week off for my internship. So my grand plan hopefully is to clean out all of this, like reselling clutter that's sitting in my very small apartment should not be here. Um, organize like a bin system. I do have bins, but I have like the, the scan labels that I think Lori had mentioned before. I want to start doing that. Um, my childhood bedroom is basically a death pile. Um, so I don't know how my mom doesn't complain about it because she used to complain if I didn't clean my room yet. Now it's literally a bomb, but (laughs) it doesn't say anything. So go figure but I'd like to make that fully organized. So I think once I, and and that's just totally free inventory. I mean, that's, I I was best dressed in high school and I really loved shopping. And, you know, that's what I did with my babysitting money. So um, I actually have nice clothes that that are sitting there, but I just need to actually get rid of this big pile. So anyway, um, long story short, just organize. um, And- post that inventory. I do want to also, um, put, I'd like to have my closet be bigger on Poshmark. I have 165 items right now, mm-hmm. but, um, it's just so I, for some reason, I'm so worried. I like to post at least one or two things a day. And for some reason, I'm so worried that I'm going to run out of items. Even though I just told you, I have like a room of a You're not. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, and we've talked about this before, yeah. but, um, so I do. <laughs> so I think I just need to get a hold of myself and just try to post as many of those items as I can and then hopefully just have more items because I have found I've been trying to um if I sell something I'll post a new item right away like Mm this in my draft so that I'm just like constantly replacing things um which I have found has been getting me more sales so I'm like well damn I guess I just need to put more stuff in my closet since I have it so that it will just sell.
0: I think it's the constant activity. You know what I mean? Like you're selling something, you're listing something. It's literally like a cycle that you're doing. You're not waiting. Like I do sometimes. And it's like three days. I'm like, oh, I need to list a few things today. You know, cause life just flies by yeah. and the day flies by and you're like, oh, I didn't actually do anything related to the, to my business. So I think that's smart to have things in drafts. And as you're selling something, hitting, going into drafts and hitting, you know, the list, I think that's fantastic. That's a really great idea. I should probably do that. <laughs>
1: I wanted to say, um, Madison, you were saying, ah, it's not a big deal. You know, you haven't done anything, but going into 2022, you're thinking about doing something that so many people don't really think about, and that's organizing. And one of the things that I think is great, it may not seem great to you, but when you have a smaller space, it makes you really um, appreciate um, your organization system. Um, When I had a house, but at the time when I started reselling, it was six people living in my house and my office was my bedroom. So everything that people see now, I that is all like I have no children home now, right? They're home visiting, but I have no children home. But then I had children in fifth grade, and you know, and I I worked in my room and stuff under my bed and in my closets, and so I really didn't have an organization system. But you're not many people are even saying that out of their mouths or even thinking about that. They can't find anything. They can't keep track of anything. So all the things that you're doing, and then also you're educating yourself by listening to these podcasts and YouTube channels or whatever else you're doing. Um, and you just mentioned Lori and her her, her scan labels. So you, you're getting something. So don't think that you're not. I mean, I've already learned. I'm taking notes from everything that everyone says. So just organizing is a huge deal. Um, so if that's your goal for 2022, it's going to be fantastic.
0: I think organizing is like one of those things that everyone has good intentions to do. And then you start it. And then somehow along the way, you lose it and you're like, oh, things are just everywhere now and I can't find anything anymore. Happens to all of us, but I can relate because I wasn't a one bedroom, one, one bath, tiny 700 square feet apartment for three and a half years with my husband and two cats. So it was really hard, but that's when I started the height of my business was then. So I had 600 pieces in my inventory. So think about that, Madison, 600 pieces Mm -hmm. of inventory in totes in a tiny 700 square foot apartment and how happy my husband is now that I have an entire space above the garage that's far away from him (laughs) that like, and I still don't have an organizational system. I I've created a better system for myself because I have the space, but I still don't have what I want. So to do it so early in the game, you need to do it. I, that's just my personal opinion. I wish I did it. I didn't. And now I'm, it's going to take me a while to organize everything the way that I want with 600 pieces, fast forward three and a half years. You know what I mean? So and I'm sure Kay and Camilla have a great system. I'm sure they're very organized in the office. Look <laughs> at
6: No, we, we're, that's one of our goals too.
5: Yeah, we're laughing because we're like, yeah, we also really need to organize.
6: <laughs> you said 700 and we're like, we've got 500 and, and uh,
5: seems, we're yeah. so disorganized right now. <laughs> yeah.
6: We've got to revamp it. Yeah. Sure.
0: I think that's a good goal for everyone at, at one point, like at some point in your business, just take the step back, forget the sourcing, which I know is so hard to do because that's what like, social media fuels us with right like you got to keep sourcing you got to keep getting all these things sometimes just taking a step back and maybe taking a month I know it sounds like a long time to not source but take a month and just do all the back end stuff that you need to do and I think the beginning of the year is honestly the best time to do it yes I know the thrift stores are hot in the beginning of the year and there's a ton of great stuff going out But do you really need it when you have a pile of clothes in your mom, in your bedroom, your childhood bedroom? You know what I mean? No. Like, <laughs> but it, but it's true. Like I I, I'm guilty of it. Like I have a rack of clothes that's sitting there that I haven't touched because I still have a ton of stuff on my phone that I need to list. So I haven't sourced in two and a half weeks, almost three weeks, I haven't sourced. And I probably won't until middle of January because I don't need to, I want to. It's killing me to not go out there and do it because I enjoy sourcing. I enjoy finding- the clothes. I enjoy, I enjoy the learning process of it all and seeing people while I'm out, but um, I need to do some revamping of my own. And I also need to go through every single piece of my inventory. And I do this at least twice a year and I haven't done it since I moved. Um, I need to go through everything in my totes and I need to, because the climate of the world is different and I just need to come to terms with that. And a lot of people work remotely now. And yes, there is a big portion of the population that is still working in, in an office, but there is a large population as well that is working from home and certain things do not matter to them anymore. And I and I, I started making that shift in 2020 and then I kind of went back. I'm like, well, people are going back out again. I got to start buying all this stuff again. And now I'm noticing that the same thing is happening and they are not moving for me. Now, they might be moving for someone else, but my experience is that these items are not moving for me. So, I'm kind of going back. I, I have to separate things out. I'm going to send boxes off to thread up, boxes off to the real, real, and kind of start fresh again and end up with probably 200, 300 listings and build my way back up it's just part of the learning curve. I don't think I'll ever stop learning. I don't think that will ever change. It's just who I am. I could never sit. And this is just me. Other people can sit on items like Leanne said. And I think that's great. I wish I had the discipline to do that. Cause I don't, I'm like three, six months, depending on the piece it's got to go if it's still sitting, but that's me. That's my personality. I'm like that with a lot of things, but my own personal closet, I rotate every so many months I'm rotating things. So I know that's what I need to do going to 2022. I also know that I need to do a better job of looking at all the things that have sold over this year, kind of gauging where things are at in the beginning of 2022 and what I still want to give attention to when it comes to reselling. I've noticed that I was on like a big like athletic wear kick. And, you know, I like I have two enormous bins of athletic wear. I, my passion isn't there anymore. My passion's more with denim and leather goods and handbags and dabbling a little bit into vintage. Vintage is hot right now. Leslie, I'm sure can give a whole speech on vintage but vintage is really what a lot of people are looking for. So a lot of like those cool athletic wear things that may be sold in 2019 and 2020 are not what a lot of people are looking for anymore. People are looking for the cotton. And I'm sure Frances could agree because she is from that generation. People are looking for sustainable materials. They're looking for a specific look. Things are very different and I'm not fully immersed in that younger generational setting. Right. So I have to, physically do research to see what's working or look at my own personal closet and take note of what it is that's working and not. So that's where the data comes in, right? Camilla and Kang, like looking at the data and understanding all that, but also looking at the pieces that are just in my totes and just like laying them all out and giving myself anxiety as I'm looking at all the pieces that are on the ground, but like physically looking, touching, feeling it. Yes, I need to do this. No, I don't need this anymore. And kind of starting over. And Leslie, I don't know what your take is on that.
1: Yeah, I um, agree with you. Um, I'm definitely doing um, inventory. Both my girls are home um, right now. So I already actually purchased some supplies. My husband built me a wall. See that beautiful? He built me a wall and then I painted it and everything. And so that's where my storage is because I had a great space and we moved it to a smaller house. Um, but we're now, we're looking for a forever house. So we should be out of here in April in a big house. Yeah. Well, not a huge, it's, it's still only I mean, just going to be me and Thomas anyway. All our kids are gone. But a
0: bigger space that you're in now.
1: Bigger space. Well, also uh, probably at the end, I'll give some things of some future stuff that's coming. But inventory is really important. And I do exactly what Daniela does. At least two, three times a year, I go in and reevaluate. This is the time of year that I do it anyway. By December 31st, I ch- shift everything. I go through everything. I let platforms go and I let items go, and again, just like Daniela, who put me onto the Real Real, I started sending things to the Real Real. Always send stuff to ThreadUp. ThreadUp is just casual stuff. I don't care if I make a whole lot of money. I know what they take, so I'm not getting into like, oh, I got to make a hundred dollars. Just send it to them, and I just sent them like four boxes. They took everything, and so even if I only make a little bit of money, but the Real Real. It's a process. Um, if you haven't, check out Daniela. Well, she's already talking about it anyway, but the, the the videos that she did convince me, even though she would send me a text message and go, you sell vintage, you're taking vintage. And to prove that, I sent items because I want to get rid of them. I want to do some things on my own, but right, we can't do all the work.
0: Hey, everyone. I hope you enjoyed part one of Thrifters Villa two-year anniversary roundtable episode. We'll be back on Wednesday, December 29th with part two. See you then.